0: Because there are no mistakes, there's only learning. Unless you play victim. If you play victim to the mistake and you don't learn from it, well, well, then you're probably going to have to do it again. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Management is a constant exercise in shepherding change, internally or externally. But most people don't like change, whether they admit it or not, internally or externally. It makes most of us feel uncomfortable, stressed, anxious, even depressed, which leads to what may be some bad news for you. Whatever it is you want in life will require you to change on the inside. But how do you even know what change is necessary or what steps you'll need to take? That's the question we're gonna address today. And when you're able to find the answer, it's going to make almost every other question and decision in your life easier to address. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So I've been up since 2 a.m. and uh, feeling at the moment remarkably awake. And it took me a long time to figure out why. it's like, you know, this is I've done a bunch of these courses before. I seem to have some really low level anxiety about this. My mind was sort of spinning on the course, other things too, but it took me a while to figure out what it really was. It wasn't until about 15 minutes ago that I realized what it was. And the challenge for me, this course is something I've been really excited to teach for. I wanted to do it for like I don't know, nine months, something keeps coming up to move to the front of the line. And there's been an excitement and also a dread. And what I've been seeing is normally when I get ready to teach a course, all this information comes sometimes, usually a week or so before, a day before, or at least 15 minutes before, usually the day before I know what I want to talk about. that was not happening with this. So there was this empty space. I sort of knew what I want to talk about today, but I couldn't feel the words coming. And so part of me was having this kind of panic of like, well, what if after I talk about this one thing for 10 minutes, I've just got nothing else to say? That would be kind of scary. So what I finally realized this morning was that I'm, attempting in this course to teach something that I never had to learn. And there's a tricky thing with that. When you learn something from someone or when you teach something, let's do it the the teaching way. You can teach something that you had to learn, or you can teach something that you never had to learn. Most of the time we teach stuff to other people that we did have to learn. So that means we know the state of consciousness that the person is in now because we once were there. We may have forgotten. It's very easy to forget what it was like after you learn something. It's very easy to forget what it was like before that. And then you know what's hard about it and you know the obstacles they're going to run into and, and you have a sort of sense of the lay of the land, you know. But when you teach something that you never had to learn, and you guys have probably had this experience, sometimes you don't know it. In fact, oftentimes you don't realize. It's a good management principle. Sometimes you don't realize that you've been trying to teach something that you never had to learn until you fail at teaching it a lot. <laughs> and the insight I had not 20, 30 minutes ago was, oh, I've been assuming that people already get something that I never had to learn my entire life. So already, I'm quite delighted about how this course is going for me. I've learned a lot (laughs) before it even started. So what that thing is, is what we're going to talk about today. And the downstream expression of it is learning for change. Because when you have what it is I'm going to talk about today, you automatically learn for change. You don't have to know how to do it. You just do it. Yeah. So what that thing is, is the most important thing. The most important thing. The most important thing to you. Knowing that. That's it. And it's not the 10 most important things or your core values, your top three. No, it's none of those things. It's the most important thing. The thing that trumps everything else for you. Your guiding light, your life purpose. Lots of different names for it. I didn't invent the idea. Lots of different coaches and teachers who talk about it. We're going to talk about it in a particular way. But that thing for me I've known my entire life. The earliest I can remember was when my father took me to see Empire Strikes Back in 1979, I believe that was. So I was five years old. And I remember some images from the film, even when I saw it then. And I, But I, what I remember most, some of you may remember the blog I wrote about this, was the argument I had with my father in the hallway of our house about whether or not Jedis were real. Because I was sure they were. And I really needed them to be. And I remember vividly picking up the red Webster's Dictionary we had in the little bookcase in the front sort of hallway of my house as my father finally exasperated, arguing about it, said, look it up and see if it's in the dictionary. And I remember being heartbroken when it wasn't. And it took me many years to understand what that was about. And then later on, I wanted to become a ninja. Then a Zen monk. Various things. But they were all really just sort of approximations about what the most important thing was to me. And I had that sense from a very early age. And it drove me to be driven. I had this sense that life was for the expression of excellence. And there was this seeker in me that was never satisfied. There was just this sense that something had to be grokked. Something needed to be touched. And it took me a long time to understand actually what that one thing was for me. And the shorthand version of it is truth. It's to touch and connect to the essence of things. And the reason the one thing is so important is precisely that, is because it is what drives you, or to quote Star Wars, it commands you, yet it obeys you. That's what the one thing does. It's something, it's a power you can utilize, but it's it's also something that controls you, if you really discover it. So I'm not talking about your one thing is not the second home in Tahoe. That's not your one thing. However, if that's the deepest you could get to with what your one thing is, it still wouldn't matter. Because whatever the one thing is for you that you decide, or discover really is a better word, putting everything that you are into the achievement of that or the expression of that will lead you to where you need to get to. Probably all of you have had the experience of thinking you knew what a really big priority was, and through the experience of pursuing it, you discovered that it wasn't actually a priority, right? (laughs) We all have. Just because apparently I was born with my one thing somewhere in me, I've made plenty of wrong turns. Don't get me wrong. I've barked up many of the wrong trees. But isn't it true that they're all very important and educational? Right? I'm so glad I went to college in Chicago because it was such a miserable experience. I knew I never wanted to live somewhere cold again right? Simple things like that. Okay, I invested four years of my life in this educational institution, and it took all the will I could muster not to drop out my senior year because I hated it so much. So pouring your intention into anything, you really can't go wrong because there are no mistakes. There's only learning. Unless you play victim. If you play victim to the mistake and you don't learn from it, well, well, then you're probably going to have to do it again. So that's the good news. The good news is it doesn't really matter in one way what you identify your one thing to be. Because if you pour all of your intention into that, if it's not quite it, you'll find out. That's sort of the bad news is that You'll find out probably the hard way, but hey, that's life. So you may already know what that one thing is for you. And again, don't frame it as something you have to come up with mentally. It's going to be something that you in one way choose, but in another way, it's already chosen you. And that's a really key difference between how I'll talk about the one thing and how some other paradigm might talk about. Like Tony Robbins, I don't know. I I like to sort of tease Tony Robbins. He's sort of my representative of the personal will-based, you can make anything happen in your life, sort of rah-rah, get excited, and your inspiration will get through anything kind of model. But there are many out there like that. And I lived according to that kind of model for a really long time. And I highly recommend everyone try it if they're so moved. But what it will deliver you to is the failure of your own personal will. Because you cannot do anything your mind sets its intention on. You can't. But you need to find out for yourself that that's true. And you're going to learn a lot along the way. So I'm not sure if Tony Robbins would say this, but let's say for fun that he would that your one thing is whatever you decide it is, right? You can decide whatever that one thing is for you. Now, pause for a moment and see how completely unspiritual that is, right? That's the you are the author of your own life paradigm, right? There can be no divine intelligence in that world. Or if there is, it has very little to do with your own life path, right? So I don't see nor has my experience been that I am the sole author of my life. I see myself as a kind of co-author. So that's what I would assert, is that you're a co-author. And this is important, I think, to look for because the thing that is your one thing may be something that a part of you is not so psyched about. Right? And we have this idea that to discover your destiny is this wonderful thing. And certainly it is. But I would say is when you, if you're really in touch with what your destiny is, there's going to be both an excitement and a, oh. because it's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge you. We're talking about the, the hero's journey here. You know, um, I, I love the Matrix movies and I've been thinking about them a lot this morning. What I've been wanting to say is, uh, since I last saw it, 20 year old film, not 21, I guess, almost in the spring. I think. You're Neo. Right? If you really get what the Matrix is about, you get that you're Neo. That movie's about you. And In the beginning, you can see he's both dedicated to his one thing, which is understanding what the truth is. What is the matrix? You could say is that's the question Neo dedicated his life to. And so another way of talking about this is what's the question that you've dedicated your life to? And so for Neo, he wanted to know what the matrix was, which is another way of saying he didn't really know... What the question entailed, but another way of saying it is, what is reality? That was the question he was asking, and uh, you can see he's kind of tortured by it. He has a uh, a fascination that controls him as much as he controls it, and it causes him to you know show up at work late and get in trouble with his boss and Get in trouble with the agents, of course. You know, it's he has he's not a happy guy, is he? Right? <laughs> he's not a happy guy. He's driven, he's dedicated, he's passionate, but he's also got this kind of um, sullen preoccupation. And that I think is one of the symptoms of knowing what your one thing is. It's not unhappy, but it's not blissful either it's it's serious Neo lives an examined life and to live an examined life is not to choose superficial happiness it's to think critically it's to want to see what is not so easily seen and so Neo wakes up he takes a pill. Oh, if it were only that easy. <laughs> Makes great cinema, though. So he wakes up and sees reality for what it is. And what's the, one of the earliest symbols? A few different symbols we get. One, he throws up. That's how easily it was to digest uh, the actual real reality. He's wearing tattered clothes. They all are in the real reality. And breakfast is somewhere between egg whites and cream of wheat. (laughs) And Morpheus says, hey, I only promised you the truth. But at least this is real. So he's willing to choose the truth over comfort. Whatever your one thing is, it will require that. It will require that because your one thing is truth. If you really get it, it is truth. Because it's part of the intelligence of life itself. You get what I mean? If it commands you yet obeys you, the commanding part is the tattered clothes and the cream of wheat and the occasional nausea. It doesn't care about your comfort. Sometimes it will give you great rewards. And sometimes you'll wonder, how the hell did I get into this in the first place? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do.